Being a honeybee means that you can get organic honey without paying the Trader Joe's prices. But that doesn't mean life is going to be easy. When predators barge through your hive's front door, you need to be like the Japanese honeybee and keep a trick hidden up your thorax. It's just how a busy bee survives in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Listen here. It's, it's, it's a certain amount of minutes that will be disclosed at the end of this sentence, but it is an animal info. I mean, it's for you. And guess how much it is? It's 30 minutes worth. Like, it's all right here. Just, just keep listening and you'll, you'll find out. <laughs> I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Do you want to do that again? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we're talking about a sweet bee that secretes glee onto house bees that make honeys when they please inside trees. I like that. Yeah. Put that in a Shell Silverstein <laughs> poem book. Um, you just have to accept that glee is nectar. Is that a word for nectar? No. No, that's the logical just, leap you have to make? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're here today to talk about a bee. Our first bee. Yeah. And these are really interesting little guys. It's a good bee. Yeah, it's a good one. And this is this is one of the good bees. <laughs> Not one of the boring ones. Honeybees are good. This is a honeybee. Yeah, I know. Honeybees are good. Okay, good. Uh, just across the board. But this isn't just any honeybee. No. It's uh, should, it's the Japanese honeybee. You've read it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you clicked on it. <laughs> you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, let's let I, I if only it had other names. Yeah. By which we could call them. So I've I've got three, and two of them I can claim. The other one is my absolute favorite. And I read that one first, and so I had a hard time coming up with nicknames. So here we go. Mm-hmm. The Japanese honeybee, aka the honey hugamuffin. Mm, yes. G- goodness gracious, bee balls of fire. <laughs> okay. And then the one that I cannot take credit for, it's from the oatmeal, the steamy hot murder squish. <laughs> that one definitely sounds like one of yours. After I read it, I was like, I can't think of anything other than steamy hot murder squish right now. <laughs> we'll find out why all those names make sense at the end of this episode. Yeah, so you get to the end of the episode. And then you can rewind all the way to the back <laughs> and listen to my nicknames and be like, ah, that's why. Yeah. Do you want to know where this animal is in the taxonomical arena? Hierarchy? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's in a kingdom, not unlike all the kingdoms we've done, in, in that it is the same as them all. It's Animalia. You know it. You love it. And we- it's also in a clade. Do you have something to say about Animalia? I was going to say I love it, too. Oh, good. Uh, clades? The clade is Erythropoda. Instead of a phylum? Did you find a phylum? No. But it's just weird that it didn't have a phylum. It was a clade. Arthropoda is a phylum, so this must be like a... Just a, put a little bit of spice on that phylum. No, it's Erythropoda. It's E-U-A-T. Is that how Arthropoda... No, that's... Arthropoda just starts with an A. Yeah, yeah. This is E-U-A. Yeah, so it's a little bit... Arthropod is from Europe. It's a spice on on that. Not true. Well, no, you're right. I mean, they're not all from Europe. True. Um, Class, Insecta. We've done it several times. Mm Mm-hmm. Order, hey, men, oh, Terra. Sounds like an Egyptian pharaoh. Hey, 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 Hemenoptera. Yeah, that'll do. 
Hemenoptera? Terra? Sure. Imhotep? <laughs> Family? Apidae. Those are bees. Yeah. Genus? Apis. These are good. Those I are like apes. These. these are easy. Those are apes. <laughs> uh, species? Serana or Carana? I'm assuming probably, that's a soft sea. Probably Serana. Uh, and then it's a subspecies that we're talking about today, making this the most specific we've ever gotten, I think. Because this one has three names. Three names. So the full name is Apis Serana Japonica. Yep. So because there's a, it's a, we have to. This is specific to the subspecies because we're going to get into that. Yes. So let's talk about where it lives in in geography. Um, the Japanese honeybee is from China. What? Just kidding. It's from Japan. <laughs> Good. It's from Japan. I wouldn't be surprised though. The subspecies is from Japan, but <laughs> the species is from all over Asia. Um, and it's and I was I read this today and I was like, this is interesting. And then just now I'm realizing it's not. <laughs> it's, the not an, it's not interesting anymore. The an, its ancestors are from the Middle East, and I'm just like, oh, cool. I'm like. Wait, so is everyone's. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. If you go far back enough, back far enough, they're all from the Middle East. All from Mount Ararat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cradle of civilization. Is that the same thing? I think it's close. Yeah, it's the close. fertile, the fertile crescent, Tigris and Euphrates. Mm-hmm. So let me describe this bee to you in a way that you can picture it in your mind's eye. It looks like honeybees. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like all honeybees. It looks like a honeybee. Um, but it has some distinct features, like hairs surrounding its eyes for pollen collection. Do not all honeybees or have this? I read that it had standing hairs on its eyeball. And I saw pictures that maybe like on the on the outsides of it, it has hairs coming off of that it. That sounds uncomfortable. But all pictures have bare... There are bare parts of the eye, mostly. Mostly bare. It's not like they have eyelids or anything like that they have those complex super eyes anyway. yeah i guess they rub them down no oh, yeah they do have to do that little fly like rubbing down eye thing <laughs> yeah um they have complex scutellum scutellum on a mountain <laughs> <laughs> go scutellum on a mountain uh which is the back part of the thorax okay and it's just a con convex uh situation back there they have they are black with four yellow stripes they're not yellow with black stripes they're definitely black with yellow stripes? Apparently. And four this, every this, time? I'm looking at a picture that looks like it's yellow with black stripes, but <laughs> who's to say? How can you tell? It just is more yellow. That's true. Um, There's a lot of yellow it is, a, it is an artist's imagination of a bee. Um, I did not draw anything, but it wouldn't matter because I don't have a yellow pen. So. <laughs> uh, so drones have no stinger. Instead, they have um, sexual organs and they have larger eyes. Uh, workers have stingers and uh, pollen press, something called a pollen press, on the backs of their legs. But a pollen press is a little space between leg segments that pinch pollen. It definitely sounds like the the running newspaper in any. The pollen house. press. <laughs> That's just in. We're bees. Extra, extra. Get your latest issue of the pollen press. But the pollen press does allow them to pinch pollen pieces. Between their <laughs> legs. Then we gotta get one of those pop guards. <laughs> uh, those it them, Yeah, yeah, popping peas. Um, it allows them to carry big chunks. I'm showing Carlos a picture right now. It's in there. I see that, and you will see that too. On and if, there it is. There's a little image of it. How it pinches together. 
If you follow us on Facebook and or Twitter, I'll post that. You'll see it. I'll post it. Um, now, there's only one, one thing we'll have to talk about in terms of physical description, and that is size. And it's 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 that means it's time no. for the listeners' beloved, cherished segment of the show. I don't think cherished is part of your poll. Three, two, one. You didn't. You didn't help me in that one, but I didn't need you. No, you needed me, and but I just didn't participate. Uh uh-uh. uh I was a. I, I had it down pat. I was a conscientious objector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's measure up the segment of the show where we put the animal's size and other important measurements into relatable terminology in the form of a quiz game, where I pose Carlos questions and he struggles to answer them because they are. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. They're not this impossible. Is, this is I get a kinder, it. gentler season. So I've, who knows? I've been a lot closer this time. Yeah. Even with the ones that, even with Mickey Mouse's weight last time. Yeah. I was close. Pretty dang close. Let's see if you get close with B length. Uh, they are around 11 millimeters, but it depends on whether it's a queen, a worker, or a drone. True. A little bit of a difference. How many inches um, is that? 0. 0.4. Okay. Uh, so. 11 millimeters. How many bees go into a 1976 Chevy Camaro? From bow to stern? Yes. Um, I'm a little worried this is wrong, but you can tell me <laughs> in the comments. I mean, in on Twitter or something, if it's wrong. Yeah, I won't be able to tell you now because I don't know. Um, so it's about half an inch. Yeah. Say Camaro is 10, ten feet long. It seems kind of long. Eight, eight? I don't know. How long is a car? <laughs> eight feet. I'm going to say eight feet, which is 96 inches. So we're, I'm going to say um, 192 bees. Bees? The answer is 451. How long is this Camaro? Freaking Camaros are boats. They are... And I was just about to look up the... They are 195 inches. 195 inches is 16 feet and 3 inches. Sure, I guess. I think a bus is like 40 feet, so... It's a long car. Yeah, it's a long car. I thought it was going to... So it's about twice what I thought it was going to be. Well, this is... Cars back in the day were longer. True. Um, And made entirely out of steel. Yeah, tank metal. Uh, All right. Colony size. Let's talk about that. Uh oh. Because they are virtually weightless as bees. There's no point in talking about. Them. Are they virtually weightless? I mean, no, I they have I don't weight. Think that's true. <laughs> uh, I just like I couldn't find it. <laughs> I think I think a photon is virtually weightless. <laughs> um, there are up to seven thousand workers in a, a Japanese honeybee colony, uh, which is relatively small for a bee colony. Um, in fact, it's 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 quite small. There's colonies of fifty thousand out there in different species. So can I compare it to how many workers work at like... Can compare it to a summer's day? Nint- Nintendo? No, but you can <laughs> compare it to how many colonists were in Jamestown based on when it was first founded and how how many Jamestown colonies go into one JHB colony. Japanese honeybee. It's not Jamestown honeybee. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. A thousand people? Seven. I'm going to say seven. Seven Jamestown colonies go into one 
Um, JHB colony. Very wrong. 63 <laughs> colonies. There were 104 men and boys that first founded Jamestown. Oh, wow. Because they first sent, like, fellas to, to, to set, to, like, <laughs> get Scout stuff out. ready for the families. Okay. So, when it was founded, 103 people. I was just going 63 by. 63 colonies. I was just extrapolating based off what I saw in Pocahontas. It looked like it could be a thousand people. That was a little further down the line. <laughs> um, let's talk about the nest cavity size. The cavity by volume that nests go into typically. All right. It's about uh, 10 to 15 liters or 12.5 liters on average. How many Japanese honeybee hive cavities go into an Olympic-sized swimming pool? Can you tell me the liters again? 12.5. I have zero clue. I have more. I can I can better estimate Mickey Mouse's weight than I can estimate how many liters go into an Olympic-sized pool. Yeah, it's a lot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know it's a <laughs> lot. I don't know how many gallons. I don't know how many anything is in an Olympic-sized pool. Um, I could even guess that it's like five feet, six, six feet deep and what, 50, 50 meters across, 25 meters across, I think actually, which if I knew some sort of formula, I could figure out how, what the volume <laughs> of that was. Um, so we're going to go with, uh, you said 12.5. Yeah. We can go with 6,000. What could help you <laughs> is to, th- is to think about. What a, a hive goes into. It goes into a tree cavity. Mm-hmm. Imagine a typical hive. Yeah. Imagine that space and imagine an Olympic swimming pool. Okay. 6,000 still? I'm doubling down. 6,000. <laughs> it's actually 200,000 even. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're still in the thousands at least. You I, didn't I, say I, millions I, or hundreds. I still don't even have a conception of like how much that is. 200,000 hives go into an Olympic swimming pool. This the, the measure or hive cavities. M- measure up was a was a failure because I still don't know I can't well, I can't conceptualize. Well now it. you're just being, you know, you're just being difficult. Of course you can. <laughs> just think about it. I, All if, right. if you the listener knew immediately that it was close to 200,000, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. Let's talk about some fast facts, of which there are many, because there are, is a lot of information about honeybees because they're closely studied animals. Because they're neat. They're neat and cool, and honeybees are my, a model organism, which means they are a quintessential creature that offer insight into a variety of species, uh, other species. So if you understand honeybees, you can understand a lot of different things. Hmm. Uh, they, in, they, they offer insight into broader scientific studies like agriculture. And, like, how bees tie into plants. Pollination. Yes. And they offer insight into larger ecosystems. They have promising... uh, They're promising in the study of human diseases, though not really... Bees aren't really, but this can also qualify you to be a model organism if you're, like, a mouse. And they do studies on you to test if you can, like, inject this stuff into humans it's not just because you're above reproach you're just not a a model organism like a model student (laughs) (laughs) no it is not like that um western honeybees have been extensively studied and their genome has been sequenced like i think like 2005 or earlier than that Mm. asian honeybees were just recently sequenced fully in 2015 so yeah uh we're we're we're, we're learning so we can clone one Uh, yeah sure let's do it (laughs) let's Uh, do it (laughs) What are we waiting for? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, we're sitting here on uh, just on we're bee, our bees are going away. We gotta clone more bees so that they live like half half of the regular life. Uh, they're different from Western honeybees in a couple different ways. They're able to adapt to extreme weather conditions more easily. They have really long flight durations compared to Eastern honeybees, despite the fact that they have a way smaller foraging range. Um, the Japanese boas. They, they only forage like 2,500 meters from their hive, whereas the Western honeybees can top out at six kilometers. I th- that might play into what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, keep that in mind. Uh, effective, they have, they have more effective grooming and hygienic behaviors. They like to clean themselves more. Um, As do I. Same, yeah. Cooperative group level defenses, which we'll find out more mm-hmm. about later. Um, and they're more likely to leave which is called absconding in the bee world. They're more likely to pick up their hive and leave, literally, because they dismantle it before they leave. Oh, the entire colony is more likely to... Leave. Abs- to be that's, nomadic. That's called absconding. Okay. And it, it takes a lot to abscond, for, for Western honeybees to abscond. A lot of, like, disturbances and stuff like that to get them to go somewhere else? Disturbances, bad, like, not, not enough, like, resources in the area. They're more complacent. Yes. Also... They're morning foragers. They prefer uh, nine to noon, whereas uh, Western Wait. honeybees like eleven a.m. to like four p.m. to go out and forage. So between the two of them, you get a full work day in. Yes. The work <laughs> Yeah, uh, but they're small. It's like child labor laws. It's like bee labor laws. They can't. They can't work full eight-hour days. I don't want to belabor the point, but <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they vibrate to warm the hive in winter. Did you know that? They also um, cool down the hive in the summer when workers position themselves at the entrance and fan their wings. Huh. And allow the warm air to exit. That's really smart. Yeah. Well, you know what else is smart? Workers do something called a waggle dance to communicate locations of fertile foraging grounds. They do a lot of dancing. Yeah. So workers will reenact the path to the harvest site, um, and then the dance will tell other workers... The distance and location of flowers. I wonder what that is. I wonder if you can break it down into like a language. There, There is a lot more to learn about that if you'd like to Google that. There is really in-depth uh, and complex what they do. Like he shuffles twice to the left, which means that yes. it's no, like yes. 60 meters away. Everything has a meaning and they've broken it down. That's crazy. I wonder yeah. if you could communicate with them with like a... Uh, a fake bee. A fake bee. Well, you know how you can commu- you can communicate with uh, fireflies, like we talked about in our yeah. photos firefly episode. So I wonder if you do the same. Movie. There might be pheromones that allow them to Probably. know that it's mm-hmm. fake. I don't know, but that's all I got. All right. Well, I guess it's time for the major facts. Good, good. With the amount of time that we have left. Yes, uh, that was a lot of <laughs> bee bee formation. Bee formation. Flying in bee formation. <laughs> <laughs> so there are several subspecies of. Apis serrana. Mm-hmm. One of them, as you said, is the western honeybee, also known as the eastern honeybee, which we'll talk about now. Let's <laughs> let's 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 uh, let's talk about them. Also, the Asian honeybee. I'm pretty sure Asian honeybee and eastern honey, honeybee are synonymous. And I did I say Asian? I said European. Oh, okay. European you and said western. Eastern. Yeah, I meant okay. Sorry, the western and European, and there's Asian and and then um, eastern. So uh, it's also known as. Apis mellifera? Mm. Mellifera? Anyway, it does amazing honey things when it's in its native habitat of Europe. Uh, the Japanese saw this and said, 
we would also like to do amazing honey things in our country. So let's take some of those bees and, uh, you know, take them over to Japan because our bees are terrible. Arby's? <laughs> I think they're not Ar- they're okay if you Arby's like roast beef. Arby's is pretty good. <laughs> roast beef. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I don't like that. That doesn't sit well. Oh, well, maybe then you just don't like roast beef. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so they, they imported the European honeybee into Japan um, to do better honey things, but entire colonies were being wiped out, slaughtered, and they didn't, they didn't know why. Hmm, why indeed? Well, I'll tell you why. Oh. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> is Santa Claus something? And, and Santa Claus is, not the, jolly? is the giant Japanese um, hornet. Yeah, and I have a picture of the size comparison here. The, the the Japanese honeybee is a little bit bigger than the head of the hornet. So, yeah, the, you said the Japanese honeybee was about 0.4 inches. Um, the Japanese giant hornet is uh, two inches long. So it's more than four times bigger than the average bee. It's something I don't want near me ever. And you're much bigger than it. Yeah. Imagine being a bee. Yeah. So the <laughs> Japanese giant hornet is this, like, perfectly designed killer when it comes to other insects um and here's a here's a quick know the difference thing wasps include yellow jackets and hornets so it's it's not like oh that's a wasp not a hornet it's they're subcategories uh yellow jackets eat nectar and um they're small and hornets eat insects and are larger and also they're a little bit more brown than being yellow do they have like hives and nests they both have uh hives yellow jackets tend to make hives underground and hornets are usually the ones that make hives in trees and also in rafters and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so there's your quick know the difference. So at almost two full inches long with claws, jaws, and maws, plus a practically impenetrable exoskeleton if you're a bee, uh, the giant hornet is like a flying guillotine for these guys. Yike. Um, it specifically feeds mashed up insect flesh to its young and it gets that flesh from the larvae of bees, usually. Oh boy! So um, the hornet will the hornets will send a scout. They'll go out and to find a, a beehive, uh, and the the scout will mark the hive with a tracking pheromone, and then later, uh, like a a SWAT team will come to the hive. And <laughs> for the European honeybees that were imported to Japan, the only thing that they knew how to do, since they didn't, uh, they hadn't experienced the hornet before uh they would just mass near the front of the hive and start trying to sting it since the hornet's exoskeleton is too thick it just laughs in their faces and begins to bite their heads off it's just like a bug's life yeah many versus one it's bug's lifestyle (laughs) so what what they'll do is when the the SWAT team comes, they'll kill almost all of the bees at forty bees a minute, <laughs> and then they'll they'll feed the bees larvae to their own young, to the to the hornets' young. Yikes! So it always ends poorly for the bees, and almost no hornets are killed in the making of this of this production. <laughs> um, on the other hand, the Japanese honeybee. So we've been talking about the European honeybee. We're so, not... so they brought them over. Yeah. And they were like, have fun, guys. And they were like, these hornets, though. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? And 
Gets her as die. Yeah, is, is, is die of uh, what I assume is a painful death. Although, guillotine, death by guillotine, could be painful. Who also, knows? we don't know anything about their central nervous systems. True. Uh, so the Japanese honeybee, on the other hand, by has... we I mean you and me. <laughs> I don't know if no one knows. I'm sure some people. Know I didn't something. do any research about the central nervous system of a honeybee. Yes, but the Japanese honeybee has, for its existence, been around the hornet, the Japanese giant hornet. So it's got a trick up its thorax, like we mentioned in the intro. Is it guts? Is it bug guts? No. Okay. But well, it... I mean, I'm sure it's got that too. <laughs> Up its thorax. <laughs> it's just just wedged up in there. Uh, so they, they know how to deal with the neighborhood bully. They let the scout into the hive, the, the, the hornet scout into the hive. They'll wait a bit. They'll signal to their posse with their dances. Um, and then they'll pounce. All of them. Not all of them. About 500 bees will swarm and envelop the hornet. That's a lot of bee. It is a lot of bee. But it takes a lot because... It's just, the hornet's really strong, <laughs> and it's probably gonna it's it's gonna kill several bees in the process of this. Yeah. Uh, so they'll they'll wrap it really really tight into a steamy hot murder squish ball. <laughs> um, it, they actually the official term is a bee ball. <laughs> you want to play some bee ball? <laughs> I challenge, <laughs> challenge you to a game of bee ball. It's gonna be a hot game of bee ball. It's gonna it's gonna be terrible, <laughs> and you're gonna lose. Because they're probably stinging it, right? Yeah. Wrong. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. <laughs> they actually... You said they couldn't sting them. It's too, too, right. too thick. But you would think that maybe if we all sting it together at the same time, <laughs> it'll work. Like the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> they have to work together. I haven't seen the new one. Uh, but so with the same way that they heat their hives during the winter is they'll heat up this this hornet. They'll start vibrating their abdomens, um, increasing the heat and the CO2 inside the bee ball. Now, here's the trick. The bees can survive up to 122 degrees Fahrenheit or 50 degrees Celsius. The hornet can only survive 115 degrees Fahrenheit or 46 degrees Celsius. So a difference of only seven degrees Fahrenheit or four degrees Celsius. So there's that just tiny window. It's a very exact operation. Where the, where the hornet can't take it, but the bee can. Um, and also the hornet can't take high CO2 uh, situations as, as easily. And, it, and it, that this situation also heats, like ramps up the CO2. Yeah. So the more CO2 there is, the less the, um, the hornet can tolerate the heat. I don't know exactly get, how that works. Can't take the heat. Get out of the bee ball. Get out of the bee ball. It can't. It's being held down by uh, 500 by, bees. By, by 500 hugs from 500... Like, 500 honey bugs. Honey bugs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, they're not exactly bugs. Uh, so, <laughs> they're, they're not bugs at all. Uh, so they'll they'll get the bee ball up to 117 degrees Fahrenheit or 47 degrees Celsius, and they'll hold it there until the hornet is slowly roasted alive. Several bees are usually killed in the making of this production, <laughs> but so is the hornet. Scout, who can no longer signal for reinforcements, right. which yeah. is the important part. I also read that they smear plant material around the entrance of the hive for some reason. They, yeah, they'll... When they see a hornet coming, 
and hornets usually like land at the bottom of the tree and like crawl up or something like that. Um, they'll go and get plant material and like put it in the front of the hive. Maybe that tells them that, hey, we're Japanese honeybees instead of European ones. Oh, there's just a uh, marker. Or it entices the the scout to come inside. I, I assume That's, this is me speculating. I actually didn't read that. I assumed it's a home alone type situation, and it's just to trip them up, get them off their off their guard. There's, but if did you see a video of this? I did not. It's I saw several videos. It's crazy, because how how much bigger this hornet is to these bees? Because they have cameras inside of the hive, and then this hornet just pokes its head in like the abominable snowman pokes its head into the the elf workshop at the end of. Uh, Rudolph, and it's like, man, that thing is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And so it comes in and then just starts like trying to do its thing, and then the bees just pounce all together. That's hot. So I have a song. Oh boy, let's do it. Here it comes. I'm ready. I wake up to the sound of buzzing. Honey workers call to me. Dancing words of wisdom. Let it be. There you go. That's I don't know most, why I didn't see that coming. That's, that's mostly because like they they will signal to each other with their like little, little vibrating. Jigs. Yeah, they'll do a little jig or a reel. Who knows, a jig or a reel, and then that'll signal. <laughs> and it's crazy. They'll all do it at the same time. Like like it's like a, a wave of jigs. So I think we're way over. Yep. But who knows after we're after still editing. under forty. So we'll see. Yeah. For um, for right now. So for you out there in podcast land, buzz your friends. Be true to yourself and ruthlessly attack those bigger than you, like we do here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Do you have a bee in your bonnet? Are you dying to share your animal knowledge and love for Life, Death, and Taxonomy to every stranger you meet? Well, there are some ways to do just that. You can leave a review of our show on your favorite podcasting app. You can also head over to Tee Public and get some sweet merchandise. Or you can spread the good news to your friends and show everyone that interesting animal info is the bee's knees. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what this Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage because you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode takes a look at video games based on the comic properties and how well they stick to the source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how these games work, or know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com, the Brain Trust Network, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. Be kind, not like the bee kind. Not like the bee kind. Or your behind. Why didn't we say that? They shake their behinds! It's in there now. <laughs>